Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. Everybody for Cryptocurrent, I'm Stephen Miller, and you're watching Cryptocurrent Live, the show where we break down the latest and greatest in crypto for you every single Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And boy, have we got a show for you tonight. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Richard Carthon. Richard, how we doing this Tuesday? I am sensational. First of all, we just dropped our brand new opening to this show. Great job. Shout out to Steve. Everyone that's listening on Restream, make sure you go check this out live and on our, once we repost it on YouTube. Everyone that just watched this on YouTube, congratulations. Watch this on Restream and watch it a million times. I know I'm going to. It looks absolutely sensational. Great job, Steve. I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped about this show. There's a lot we're going to get into, but man, first, just want to give you kudos because that was dope. Much appreciated, man. I am very, very happy with how it turned out. Um, for those of you that are listening over on the podcast that are not joining us via YouTube right now, um, you've actually had the new theme song for quite a little while. So for those of you that are um, not familiar with our podcast, we always recast these streams about two days after the fact. So when our Tuesday stream goes out live, we typically will then recast it on a Thursday and our Thursday streams will then recast on a Saturday. So this music isn't necessarily new to you, but for those of you that are joining us via video right now, this is the first time we've aired it on YouTube, and I'm very stoked to be able to share that with you, um, especially because now we got a chance to finally um, out Chris as a dog lover and a coffee sipper. Um, <laughs> which, you know, these are my priorities in life. But in any event, we got a big show ahead, so let's dive right in. We got a really great topic that we wanted to share with you first up, um, having to do primarily with looking at these big record-breaking metaverse land sales that have been happening. We've got big stuff happening with Axie Infinity, big stuff happening with Decentraland. And then at the same time, we've also got other really big news in the NFT space. And then beyond that, because if that's not enough for you, we're going to be decrypting a really, really great topic today in blockchain gaming. So before we dive in, do us a favor. If you're new to watching us here on YouTube, please do us that solid of subscribing, smashing that like button, jumping in the comments. We would greatly appreciate it. And also, feel free to hit us up in the chat. We have our producer, Chris, standing by over there so we can take all of your questions live. But let's dive in very first to what we like to do every single Tuesday, first up at the top of the show. It's a little buy, seller, hodl. Bye. So as we said, every single week, we like to start out by giving you the biggest top stories of the week. And so far in Buy, Sell, or Hodl, the bullish story of the week right now is that of virtual real estate heating up. So Richard, I'm going to hand it over to you. Tell us a little bit about these land sales. Decentraland, everyone, had a record sell of $2.4 million. So... We had Decentraland, and I bring this up, and I'm going to continue to bring this up because I think it is amazing that and why we have so many amazing people on our podcast that we interview so that we give you access to these really cool projects years in advance before they really take their full stride. So again, back in 2019, we had one of the top developers uh, in Decentraland um, who came, Carfervel, who came and talked about everything that they're building out, what they're working on. And at the time, you know, when they were doing these mass sales of land for hundreds of thousands of dollars and how revolutionary it was uh, back in 2019, which at the time it was. 
Now you got land selling for $2.4 million. Again, that was only two years. It's just showing how much this space is growing and how quickly this is elevating. So tokens.com purchased this land um, in the Fashion Street District of Decentraland. And they have a goal of cornering the digital fashion market. So they're going to be putting on digital events. They're going to be doing runway events, fashion contests, all of this different stuff. And they're starting to do some different themes around these the, this Decentraland metaverse. And it's really cool to see this starting to shape. And, and not to be outdone, you see things like Axie Infinity Land also selling a record of $2.3 million. So in a matter of a week, we have seen almost... Five million dollars worth of value in digital land. Again, this is digital virtual land that people are going and spending this much money on. And again, that's just to own the land. That's not even to build stuff on top of and add their NFTs, all the other stuff. That's just for the plot of land. Yeah. So in this in this specific <laughs> case, though, to Richard, I want to clarify one thing. We're seeing nearly five million dollars in land sales in two transactions. It's not just right. like. You know, it's a bundle of land. No, this is two transactions that went through, one for Axie Infinity Land, one for a land plot in Decentraland. Um, so right. sorry, I just wanted to make sure I gave that clarity for everybody. And it's a really great clarifier. There's way more, there's so much money being spent on virtual land right now. If you are listening to the show, you have a background in real estate and you were one of the ones that got in early in things like um, things like uh, mobile home units and being able to find like different opportunities in that kind of space. It's a gigantic land grab in the virtual metaverses right now, especially if you can get into popular ones such as Decentraland and Axie Infinity and many others. So uh, keep paying attention to virtual real estate. Yeah, no doubt. There, it's going to be a massive market going forward. The thing that I think people get hung up on in this whole, you know, virtual real estate discussion is the idea that like, what's to say that they can't just like make more, right? Because one of the things that's a perk to, you know, owning Bitcoin, owning Ethereum, any other cryptocurrencies that you have capped supply. And a lot of people out there who see these virtual real estate sales going down, they don't necessarily understand the idea that these things can be capped as well. So in the case of Axie Infinity in particular, I know that there is a chance that they're going to expand the amount of land over time. So that could theoretically devalue the current land. I don't believe that's the case in Decentraland. I don't believe that's the case in the sandbox. So for those of you that are interested in investing in virtual real estate, do yourself the favor, make sure you're doing your research to behind the scenes, talk to a few experts on specific um, land zones so like which metaverse you're talking about so if you're interested in decentraland talk to a decentraland expert if you're interested in the sandbox talk to a sandbox expert these are the things that will set you apart and give you a leg up on the rest of the people that are out there buying the land market richard is there anything else that we're missing on this or is this pretty much the uh the real estate bug in a nutshell that's it in a nutshell again do your research know that this is a a real thing to be looking at uh, and it's an investment opportunity and it's just as the metaverse continues to expand this is a really 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 unique opportunity to be able to get some of this land for cheap um, as things expand no question so let's jump into the non-fungible news in non-fungible news this week we've got some really big stuff happening with major major brands um, the primary competitor to Nike, as we all will continue to refer to it until it starts making shoes that are worth wearing, Adidas, um, or otherwise commonly referred to as Adidas, um, they have decided to come out here and partner with Board Ape Yacht Club and MetaHero Universe officially. This, of course, is coming on the heels of their Coinbase partnership. So all of this together, um, I would just go ahead and say is something to the tune of madness. No other brand has gone at it this aggressively in terms of partnering with decentralized brands. So that to me is the biggest piece of non-fungible news straight away. I mean, across the last two days on crypto Twitter, I have seen more board apes and more um, meta hero identities wearing Adidas swag than I thought I'd ever see. Oh. And they're, they're embracing it with open arms. What do you think about it? 
Uh, it just goes to show, like, that's going to be some of the newest things that are going to start going into the metaverse. I, I believe Nike has already put in patents in place so that they have all of their stuff uh, patented as you go into the metaverse. I'm sure Adidas is going to do the same. I'm sure a lot of other major brands are going to also do the same soon. They see that that's where the world is headed, and so they're trying to get in front of it, and I think this is awesome. No, I think it's a really interesting development, so keep your eye on that one. Um, the next piece of news I think is really really freaking cool. Um, AMC and Sony have officially announced a partnership for the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home movie where they will be actually issuing NFTs to, um, I believe, something to the tune of like 86,000 moviegoers who go to see the brand new movie this month in AMC theaters. Um, look, man, people are getting ex more exposed to NFTs daily, which is, ex again, going to have to innately expose them to crypto at large. I'm not familiar with what platform they're deploying them on. It would have to be something like Wax, at least from my own, you know, perspective. But that's wild. Um, do you have any comment on what we're seeing out of that partnership and how it's coming into a mass adoption effect? Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. So a lot of the opening day tickets have sold out and people are trying to resell them on, I think, eBay for anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000, which is absolutely insane. But I saw pictures of it today, which is, again, people are going to pay what they want. For me, this news is sell. I don't know the long-term value of this NFT is truly going to have, but right now, while the hype is there and everything else is there, if you can get your hands on one and you can flip it for a good amount, uh, for me, this is a, a, a sell. Look, man, I, I would normally agree with you. I think that any type of partnership like this, it's too close to the vest. Like people are only going to re react with hype on this initially if it's an NFT that's got AMC and Sony branding. This is not the case. This is the biggest individual comic IP in the world. To like to date, Spider-Man is the biggest comic book IP that is within, you know, I believe any comic book store. So. To me, I think it's a really big deal. I'm not sure if I'm selling it. I very well may hodl it. But then again, I'm not shelling out 10K uh, to go get a Spider-Man NFT. However, let me tell you about an NFT I may shell out some money for, and that is Budweiser's NFTs that they just launched the other day, and they're hyping it up as your ticket to entering the Budverse. Um, I think this is ridiculous. It's fun. It's just the type of stuff that people online that love meme culture would love to buy into. So what do you think about entering the Budverse and seeing all these retro and and not historic beer cans or beer cans, like heritage-style beer cans from Budweiser popping up as NFTs? You know, initially my gut says to sell it, but I feel like they're going to eventually make a play that if you own a special NFT, that if you can take it into the real world, present it, that they'll give you an actual physical beer. That's the only way that I can see this truly having the value that I would want out of it. But if it's all virtual related, this is a sell for me. Uh, but because I think Budweiser has the fortitude to realize that people enjoy drinking physical beers and not so much in the metaverse, that they're going to figure out some game plan to make something like that happen, especially if they printed basically a thousand all-you-can-drink Budweiser's to your heart, delight, NFTs, one-of-ones, whatever. You best believe I would jump all over that. So... That's a lot of different paths that they can take, and I think it's going to open up the floodgates of other alcohols eventually trying to replicate their model. Look, Ryan Reynolds, this is me calling out to you. If you decide to do an aviation gin NFT, I, I'm here for you, man. Let me know. Um, my opinion, I think that Budweiser, in terms of just brand activation, is one of the best out there for activating on specific brand um, branding injections like into pop culture. So with what you're talking about with providing experiences for owning an NFT, that to me is where Budweiser could very well excel here. So I hope that we see that. I hope that we start to see real world um, events and experiences where you can go and get access for having a Budweiser NFT. Um, but a lot of other NFT projects are starting to do that. And those are the ones that are actually finding the most success. So for those of you that are looking for a little bit of NFT alpha on this Tuesday evening, I highly recommend that you start looking at your NFTs from that perspective. If it's providing access or giving you exclusive um, experiences, that is something that is going to provide a higher degree of value over time. So other, other happenings in non-fungible news 
today includes Grayscale, who just released a report estimating that the metaverses are more than likely going to reach a $1 trillion market cap on their own here in the near future. I believe they said in a report by 2024. I don't think that's out of reach at all. In fact, I think it's a very low ball. Um, what do you think? I think it's in reach. Um, the timeline is what I think is curious because by 2024, we've, we're probably going to see another bull cycle. We've seen another Bitcoin happening event, et cetera. I think we start getting closer to a lot more market adoption. Um, I think that VR is going to continue to um, become more and more accepted and headsets, more people are going to have it. So I don't know if I, I would put it between 2024 and 2025, but a trillion is going to happen, but it's going to be way more, way more than that. I think we're looking at one to three in that timeline. Yeah, look, I think that they're jumping out ahead a little bit too hard. But, and that's just like on the timeline side of things, right? Yeah. I think, I think that crypto gaming is the next big wave and we're going to see that take a massive market cap and like really start to take over crypto in the next like three years. But we're going to be seeing true primitive metaverse activity in the next two to three. So depending on how gaming catalyzes that, I could see a $1 trillion market cap. But by 2028, I would be really surprised to see metaverses at something less than about five to 10. Um, that's just my perspective on it. I think it's going to be too big. I think it's going to be too big, too fast. And there's going to be so many different wealth generation vehicles created inside of the metaverse that it's going to take on that type of mass. Um, so look, that's just my take. And on that type of note, you also have the Sandbox who just decided to launch their alpha on Monday. So that's officially live. You had to have a ticket to get into that experience and go play in the sandbox and get some exclusive rewards. But that is officially live as of Monday. So very cool stuff happening in the land of non-fungibles. But for our last remaining piece in Buy, Sell, or Hoddle this Tuesday, we want to take you through a quick lightning round. There's a couple other headlines that we think you need to know about. First of which is that MicroStrategy just announced yesterday that they have bought 7,002 more Bitcoin. That is not a little amount of money by any stretch. But Richard, the thing that speaks to me out of this is the fact that Michael Saylor is not afraid to buy more Bitcoin in the 55K range. I think it says a lot. It is a big vote of confidence for Bitcoin. And I think it's going to add to the support. Would you agree with that? Or is there something else that we need to take away from this? Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, he's made it very clear. Bitcoin's going to be six figures, and he thinks that he can get eventually to half a million to a million dollars. So if that's the case, everything's cheap. Everything is relatively cheap. So it's like, how do you just keep land grabbing as much as possible? And I still think he is going to be the next Warren Buffett of the next decade because he saw what a lot of other people didn't and is literally just land grabbing this until once we get to mass adoption, he's going to be seen as one of the biggest geniuses of all time. And I, I stand by that. Yeah, no doubt. We've talked a little bit about what Michael Saylor has said in the past. I think he's one of the biggest visionaries out there. He's an absolute genius when you hear him talk about Bitcoin. Um, so again, big tip to uh, MicroStrategy. They're doing some huge things behind the scenes for Bitcoin. More on that in a second. Um, other big milestone was just reached, and that is that since EIP-1559 was activated on the Ethereum network during the Berlin hard fork, we have now seen over 1 million Ethereum burned. Pretty remarkable stuff um, means that the burning mechanism is actually um, helping the network at large. And hopefully in this next piece of news that hit the headlines earlier today, um, we'll see gas resolved. And that, of course, is that Vitalik Buterin just proposed setting limits on Ethereum gas fees in a new Ethereum improvement proposal marked EIP 4488. Now, there is a downside to this, Richard. That's that they it could potentially cause a network security risk, um, because again, you have the um, the blockchain trilemma at play here. If mm -hmm. they're going to make it um, scale at a higher and faster degree or make it faster, it could there therefore decrease the security on the network. Um, so that is at play. The last piece, and this is the thing that I do want to touch on for another second with you and kind of bat this one around, Jack Dorsey has also announced that he is stepping down as the um, CEO of Twitter. 
A lot of speculators are saying that's because Dorsey wants to focus a lot more on his endeavors in Bitcoin because he's a huge advocate for Bitcoin. But um, that is mostly taking shape around the fact that he's an owner and I believe also the CEO of Square. Um, so in Square Crypto, he's trying to put a lot more focus onto that. What do you think stands out about this whole story of him stepping down from Twitter? It's a huge timeline. I, if you look at why is Facebook rebranding to Meta? They're focusing on the metaverse. Why is Jack Dorsey been advocating for crypto for a long time and now is stepping away and probably going to spend more time on Square, the financial side, and focusing more on crypto? Everyone's seeing the same thing. Crypto's the future. How do you get in front of this massive monster before everyone realizes, oh my gosh, this thing is here, it's here to stay. It's not some speculation thing anymore. And they want to be the pioneers leading the ship forward. So I think he's going to be moving and focusing more on crypto myself and a lot of, why wouldn't he? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that is the question. It's like, truly, why wouldn't he? Um, they had big ambitions at Twitter to move into what they were calling the blue sky era of trying to decentralize Twitter. I hope that they continue to go after that. I think it's a really important um, part of the puzzle. We need decentralized social media. We need less censorship. Um, but Jack Dorsey was notoriously bad about censorship over at Twitter and you know, having the practices that they put in place. So one of the things that I think is really encouraging out of this is that I think Blue Sky is not getting shelved. I think that Blue Sky is actually going to move a lot forward because the person who's taking over as CEO behind Dorsey is, um, I can't remember his, his first name, but his last name's Agrawal. He was the former CTO. So because he was so ingrained in the technology and the technological operation over there at Twitter, and he is in favor of decentralization, I think that we're going to see Blue Sky still, um, which to me is really, really refreshing. But look, that's going to wrap up Buy, seller Hoddle for us. If you enjoyed this segment, please do us a solid. Smash the like. Let us know in the comments below if you enjoyed any of these specific um, top stories. But otherwise, we're going to move ahead forward and forge our path into one of our favorite segments here. It is Crypto Decrypted. So like you experience every Tuesday here on Cryptocurrent Live, we like to break down one big concept for you. And this week, we're breaking down blockchain gaming. Now, blockchain gaming is a massive, massive subject. So if you want us to focus on a more specific part of this puzzle, please let us know in the comments or get at us on Twitter. You can reach Richard at Richard Carthon or me. You can reach at Stephen, not Stephen Miller. Nope, that's just not Ethereum at Steve Miller underscore PHX. Let us know what we can cover for you here on Crypto Decrypted, but we're going to take apart blockchain gaming kind of from the bottom up this week. So first and foremost, we need to set kind of an understanding as to why gaming is moving on chain. So Richard, tell us a little bit, at least from your perspective, why blockchain gaming has an opportunity and why it's starting to pull people in. So as we know, the world is moving more mobile. More people in the world spend the majority of their time on their smartphones as opposed to being on either a laptop computer or even on being on a major console. So the addressable market is much larger if you go to mobile devices. Um, if you look at some of the largest players in the game, EA Sports, Rockstar, Epic Games, Activision, Blizzard, Ubisoft, etc., most of them are building their games on either PC um, or Xbox or PlayStation. But, and they're still making a significant amount of money. They're still doing extremely well, but they're also not necessarily capturing uh, the the a massive addressable market that's still out there. And so what a lot of the blockchain games are starting to do is to meet people where they are, which is on their phones. And what they're realizing is if they can create ecosystem of fun games, not only where they get to go play games and have an enjoyable time, but also can earn money while they do it. Now they're really starting to find product fit um, and you're starting to get people who become absolute raving fans. And we'll dive into all that in a moment. But first, just wanted to take a step to just explain why more people are going to blockchain and, and explain also why it's mobile focused and mobile driven um, to start. And the other big piece of the puzzle here as to why um, blockchain gaming is really, you know, gaining a lot of momentum 
is because these AAA gaming studios have long controlled the power because of a concept that we'll dive into a little bit later with pay to win. So yes, you're probably familiar if you've played any number of games from any number of these bigger studios, there are DLCs, downloadable content that you can purchase for an additional fee on top of having to pay for the game that you already own. And that's just a net gain for the AAA studio. There is no gain to you by owning that as an asset. So that's why we're now seeing the rise of tokenized assets in this whole um, ecosystem. So how are we doing this? Well, we're delivering this as NFTs. So these NFTs are basically replacing what DLC used to be or what your in-game weapons um, are or your skins. You can own all that stuff as NFTs. And we have a couple really good examples to give you on that. So Richard, why don't you walk us through a couple of these examples and you know, I can comment where you want me to. Yeah, so I'll just break all three down and then we'll kind of expand on them. So the first, we're going to start with loot, which is community built. So what loot is an NFT that basically has a bunch of like features, if you will, that kind of explain um, how you would be able to use that NFT in a game. So whether it is talking about a shield that you can use to protect yourself or a helmet or certain gloves, etc. Um, that's where it's community built and kind of showing you ways that you could interact with it um, within the game. Then you have like Gambling Apes, which is a metaverse casino um, access play. So if you own a Gambling Ape, you literally can use the avatar to go into this Gambling Ape universe where you can now do virtual online gambling. And not only that, you also, with owning an ape, can go in real life, actual casinos and go on to events uh, that the community is putting on. Um, so it's you have the practicality of the metaverse, but you also have the practicality of in in real life being able to go and do things like that. And then the final is like Sneaky uh, Vampire Syndicate, which is about playable avatars. And I'll kind of let Steve expand on that one a little bit more. Yeah, so to give you a little bit of a perspective on the SVS project, what they have decided to do from the moment of launch is they've been developing a blockchain version of the old, old, old side-scroller called Castlevania. And if you gamed in the 90s, you probably played Castlevania. Um, oh, yeah. And to, look, to me, I thought it was a freaking blast. I loved that game when I was playing it. Uh, but the cool thing is here is that they have deployed it and are making it so that you can play with your own avatar. So if you own one of these avatars, you can enter the game as that avatar. Or theoretically, if other people want to play the game, you can rent your avatar out to them using a smart contract. Um, really, really interesting concept there. But at the same time, um, across at least Gambling Apes and Sneaky Vampire Syndicate, you also have this other bigger thing at play. And that is what we were talking about earlier on in the show in Buy, Seller, Hoddle with access and experience and exclusivity. These projects are really gaining steam and gaining value because of what they're providing to their community. They're giving their community access to exclusive perks. Um, in the case of Gambling Apes, when they launched, they did a massive launch party in Vegas. So if you had a Gambling Ape, that was your ticket into the party. And then they did a massive poker tournament. They've since announced a bigger party that's happening this month in Miami. Massive stuff. Sneaky Vampire Syndicate, they've partnered exclusively with um, one of the most primo champagne companies in the world to give their members access to really high quality champagne in exchange, in exchange for the token that you get from staking your vampire. Crazy stuff. But the point is, is that these are all now then tokenized assets. You can utilize them in game. That's where the NFTs have a role in this. Now, beyond these three examples, you have where the big value is within the gaming world. And that is that a lot of these games are now being built and designed as ecosystems. Now, that's a really important thing to say out loud because a game ecosystem does not a metaverse make, right? The metaverse is bigger than just a gaming ecosystem. So the sandbox, for example, if you're, again, joining us on YouTube, we've got a graphic up. In the sandbox, you have identity, so the character that you're playing as. You have land, which is an NFT that you can purchase and own a plot of land. 
and monetize off of that. You have additional items and treasure chests and stuff like that. But then you also have a an in-game currency that can be utilized to transact in the game, but also to overall kind of manage the value of the platform at large, and that is the SAN token. So, Richard, is there something missing here that we need to clarify for the audience when it comes to the game ecosystem or like how this all kind of fits together? Um, the next thing we kind of need to dive into is just the, the pay to win versus the pay play to earn. Um, and what I think is important to describe between this is just giving a couple of examples. So as we look at the pay to win, um, an example of that is Minecraft and Fortnite. So you're in Minecraft, you're doing all these different things, you're buying stuff in game, but you're doing that um, to win the game, if you will, or even with Fortnite, you have the different skins that you can buy, the different dance moves, et cetera. It's not that it necessarily makes you that much better to win the game, but it gives you some individuality and gives you some perks, if you will, of, of being able to say this is how you would like to represent yourself in this game. So that's the play to win. The play to earn is different. Now, this is going to be the sandbox in Axie Infinity and Snook. So an example with Axie Infinity, there's a report that came out recently where you have people in the Philippines who are starting to play Axie Infinity as a full-time job, and they are making $400 a month, which for their location um, is a, a very livable wage and, and actually is, is pretty unique that a, a play-to-earn game can be providing so much value that they literally can live and support themselves and their families playing a game all day. And so you're starting to see more of those uh, play-to-earn gaming start to um, appear. And Steve, like as you look at the the play to win versus the the play to earn, like how do you think that's going to continue to evolve as we look at uh, crypto and the blockchain space? I mean, I think it's really interesting because the evolution we've seen already start to happen. Like Fortnite is directly translating into the sandbox. And they're both like voxel based games, so they're trying to create an easier pathway into blockchain gaming so that it's less there's less friction it's easy to understand how you can move from fortnite to sandbox because it's all the same design language it's all the same game mechanics things like that are already in place like the real next step from here is seeing true triple a game quality come into blockchain gaming there okay, are some well, games let's right there now. for a second well, sorry, just, just I, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to get into that yet because I, I want to speak to one other thing that you had said. So we'll, we will get into the AAA of it all in one sec. With pay to win, and this is the really important thing to understand why blockchain game is here, why it's going to stay, and why it's going to go a lot freaking further than it already has. With pay to win, the gaming studios were literally keying in on the fact that you want to naturally get to a higher level. You naturally want to win the game, you want to naturally flex on your friends. And to accomplish that releases an insane amount of dopamine in your brain. And it gets you hooked. With play to earn, they're deploying similar mechanics to be able to give you that dopamine release, while also not basically allowing you to monetize your actions in this world, because everybody knows that time is money. So by taking ownership of some of your in-game assets, you can still make um, money off of them, whether you're selling them secondary or you're renting them out. That is going to continue to create modern economies. That to me is really, really incredible. But where you wanted to get into with AAA, go ahead and take me there. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just so we can break it down, like what is AAA gaming? Um, again, just as a, as a broader view, but as they potentially come into blockchain, how could that reshape or accelerate what's already been put in motion? So think about when you think AAA gaming. Yes, you know, our producer Chris may think of this a little bit differently. I think of this in my own terms that AAA gaming is the top tier quality of game. So it is, it has a massive team to develop it. It's most of the times like very complex interaction, or you have a bigger world in play. So you have an open world style game. I immediately think of stuff like Fallout, Skyrim, 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily call Fortnite a AAA game, but in that type of regard, but a AAA um, studio produces a game that has just insane level of quality and insane level of detail. And as that translates, it's going to naturally bring more money into, into blockchain gaming. It's going to make this entire world more valuable. So I guess to answer your question, like AAA games and that type of money that it takes to bring a AAA game to market, they're already coming. So like you have independent studios that are developing what would be considered a AAA game, but because they're independent, they still don't have the resources of an Epic Games. They still don't have the resources of a Rockstar Games or even, I don't even want to conceptualize what Activision Blizzard can do in this world, but with that type of money, bringing a AAA game to market is a lot easier. So um, the question that you were starting to get to, which was when will AAA gaming come? And also kind of like what is AAA gaming looking like right now? I immediately point people to Alluvium, Star Atlas, and Big Time. These three games at large are creating open worlds, extremely dynamic gameplay. The graphics are insane. So I immediately start looking at that stuff. And the one that I'm leaving out that I just recently did a massive dive into is called Sidus, S-I-D-U-S. They're doing this all not just as like a game that you play on your computer that can interact on the web. They're doing it as a browser-based game. And it still looks like this. So behind the scenes, like that's a crazy thing to begin with, but that's how I view AAA gaming. What do you think the overall effect is going to be here with AAA gaming coming into blockchain games? It's going to bring hardcore gamers into blockchain and crypto. Ultimately, if you look at one of the fastest growing, biggest opportunities in the last decade, it's been in the world of gaming. Um, the generation of millennials to Gen Zers, et cetera. We love games. We, we grew up on this. Like it's, it's, it's part of our everyday interactions, whether we do it um, to decompress or whether we do it because we're doing it competitively for esports. There's, there's an entire market of we as a generation truly enjoy gaming. And not only that, this generation, as we begin to also make money, we'll spend money in gaming, like gladly. Like we're not having to go to mom and dad anymore to, to, to do some things. Like we, we have the means to be able to go and, and, and make some stuff happen. So I think that as the gaming community continues to evolve, uh, evolve and get larger, you're going to see more money pour into it because that's just organically what typically happens. And once these big players, these AAA gaming start seeing that, they're not going to want to lose their market share. They're going to start looking at some of these smaller entities that are building out these 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 gaming studios and be and, and just through sheer resources be able to be like oh look at that they did something pretty cool here's how we're going to crush them and come in and try to dominate and they'll have a leg up to potentially do it they won't have the first mover advantage but they will have the resources to be able to create something pretty pretty competitive and i think that's very attractive yeah, I think that the when is largely informed by the how. So yeah. we're already starting to see a number of these studios partner with players in um, blockchain gaming just to like get their feet wet, try and like start to find exposure points and learn from the people who are already building in it. So I think one of the teams that we heard about was um, Ubisoft. I want to say the other one was Epic. Yeah, I think it was I think it was those two. Anyway, I know that Ubisoft is in it. Anyway, they are partnering with Engine. Okay. Engine is the basically the gaming group in crypto that is empowering everybody to build on blockchain. So they're providing, you know, greater assets, a bigger ecosystem, new tools to develop with, so that you can properly deploy a game on a blockchain. These new partnerships and these new touch points for AAA studios is what's going to allow them to get in because if they dive in head first, they're going to fall flat because they need to create an understanding even for the people that play their existing games as to why they should care. So they need to learn internally. 
then they need to expose their existing audience to it. Once those two things are achieved, I think that's when we start to see AAA gaming move onto the chain in a much bigger way. But again, for right now, if you want to see AAA games on chain, you got three great ones on screen right now in Alluvium, Star Atlas, and Big Time. And as I said, Sidus, that's another one that you need to watch out for. But there's a lot of great games that are currently being developed for blockchain gaming exclusively. The last question that we have to get into um, to provide more context for this audience is where does gaming really fit into the metaverse? Because we touched on it earlier is like the fact that game ecosystems does not a metaverse make. So where does gaming fit into it all? I think it's the it's the first domino, right? So the first lure to some of these metaverses is the land, being able to go there and set up all these different things. But if you want people to come and interact, you need to give them an activity to do. And the easiest activity to do is to play a game. And I think that's going to be the centerpiece of a lot of these metaverses coming in, where it's like, hey, we have this really cool experience. We can meet all these other dope people, but how y'all are going to be able to connect and do some fun stuff together is through this game or these games or et cetera. And then after you make new friends while playing games together, then you're going to go into the rest of the metaverse and do all the other fun things. So I think the hook is going to be gaming for a lot of these metaverses. Yeah, I think the really great comparison is this, is that like, you know, if you see um, like a carnival or even better, like something like Disneyland and you're attracted to that and you want to go experience that, think of that as the metaverse. When you get into that carnival, you get into Disneyland, if there's nothing to do there, you're not going to stay. Metaverses need to be sticky. They need to keep the user in it. They need to keep the user wanting to come back to it. And the only way that they can do that is by gamifying the experience. So this is the linchpin. This is the gateway to Metaverse in a lot of ways. But when you look back at things that we talked about at the very beginning of this segment with Gambling Apes, stuff like Metaverse Casino is going to be a massive fixture in here. Because if you can get people into a casino, think about an actual casino built in the metaverse, and you can walk in and play table games with other people and interact, whether that's in VR or just at your computer screen, you're going to be stuck. You're going to want to do that. Richard, you love the blackjack table. I know that. It's a great time. So the second that they bring that online, you don't even have to go to Vegas anymore. Don't. That sounds, like we need to that keep sounds that dangerous. Far away from you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dangerous. <laughs> but look, is there anything you want to leave the audience with on this um, to kind of wrap this up with blockchain gaming? To wrap it up, even if you're not a big gamer, even if like you've never been like really big into games that don't have anything to do with crypto or blockchain, pay attention to this. This is something that you need to educate yourself on and can look at. If you look at some of the, there's like waves within like cryptocurrency and blockchain we saw like you know um, a lot of layer two solutions that kind of came into play we seen DeFi summer that happened last year we saw nfts have their resurgence this year right now the next big wave of opportunity is going to be gaming and metaverse and i i really stand by that and right now is a great time to be educating yourself on this so if you enjoyed today's content i would recommend listening to this a couple times checking out some of the resources that we shared with you but there's there's no excuse not to be educating yourself on the opportunities that are happening right now because I would venture to say some of the crypto gaming and metaverse plays and we're going to stick with gaming right now are going to absolutely crush some of these other alt companies and opportunities that are out there and let's call it the next three to four years I don't think it's going to be close I was going to say three or four years talk about the current cycle <laughs> I mean the, I'm, I'm dead serious the majority of the gains that I've seen in the last five to six weeks have been in gaming projects. Yeah. So do your diligence, follow us here because we're talking about these projects before most other people start bringing them to you. We want to keep you informed. We want to keep you educated. Again, we go into Crypto Decrypted just to educate you. We want to bring you some different expert alpha so that you can start to understand these things. And if it interests you, you can then do some deeper research or go down the rabbit hole a little bit further with us. But that's going to wrap up Crypto Decrypted for us this week. If you enjoyed it, let us know what you dug about it. If you want us to expand on something, 
hit us up on Twitter, get us in the comments. We want to make this stuff more valuable for you. Final note on it, when you get a chance, if you missed a Crypto Decrypted segment that we've done in the past, we now have a great playlist available on the YouTube channel. So come check out that playlist. We will break down so many more concepts for you into the past, the future, and we're here to do it for you every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Crypto Decrypted. What do we have next? Next, of course, let's jump into blockchain bets. Let's go. Blockchain bets. So you should know the story by now. Blockchain bets is where we bring you picks and tell you where you're going to make money. That's the game. Every single week on Tuesdays, Richard and I break down a blue chip, a mid cap, and a DGEN casino play that we think have a big amount of potential into the next week for upside gains. But I'm going to do you one better. Throughout the month of December, it's the giving season. I'm going to raise the stakes a little bit and say that across the month, these are picks that you need to be watching. That'll be for this Monday's, this Tuesday's episode, next Tuesday's episode, all the way through Christmas. These are picks that will have an impact in December and be the gift that keeps on giving. So Richard, tell the folks a little bit about your first bet in the blue chip category. All right. Algorand, everyone. Algorand is an amazing project that I've been watching for the last year. So every once in a while, you know, you'll have like I'll have someone that comes on the show and they'll be like, hey, you need to you need to check about check out one of these projects. And uh shout out to um Peter Saddington with with Emirate. Um a while back, he was like, Hey man, you need you need to check these guys out, see what they're doing. And been watching them for over a year now and all they're doing is growing because they're doing nothing but providing more and more value back to their community. And I believe they now have ways that you can stake. Um, and also just within the bull cycle that's happened, although they've had a lot of major gains, looking at some technical analysis, looks like they're due for another um, rise up. And I think December could be their time to truly see that next leg up. So my pick this week is going to be Algo. And look, right now um, at the Decipher Miami conference, Algorand is in the middle of a massive presentation. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I like to call them um, kind of like the project that Tezos wish they, wishes they were. But anyway, <laughs> on, to the, on to the way that, um, on to saying more things that'll piss off our producer, Chris. My pick this week is XRP. Now, why is my pick this week XRP? There's no new news. Well. I hate to break it to you. Every single piece of news that's come out across the last six weeks shows that the SEC is not going to win this case. They're just not. So I look at the past week's dip and I sit here and think to myself, where's the opportunity? XRP looks like it's primed. They pulled back a little bit. It's a good entry point. I would be looking at securing a sizable bag of it so that when the SEC case ends, you can take advantage of that massive pop that XRP will naturally bring. But let's move into the mid-cap, Rich. Who do you have for the mid-cap this week? This week I have Cosmos, which is Adam as the ticker. Cosmos is a really cool, really, really, really cool layer one solution, and um, which arguably could be layer zero, depending on how you look at it, all the same. Um, they are building a ton of great projects in their ecosystem. And one of the things that I really enjoy about their ecosystem is that they, um, within the developer community, will once they bring a new project into their system, they will work with them to figure out the best ways and to grow in the, the quickest ways that they can solve some of their security challenges and et cetera, et cetera, and, and connecting them with other things um, to make sure, that, whether it's oracles like osmosis, et cetera, to make sure that as they build within their ecosystem, they have all the tools they need to be successful. And I think that is awesome. They are really trying to build a strong community. Um, I think they are super undervalued. I think they're very undervalued, um, especially as you look at the, the broader view of all of the different projects that are being built on it right now. Also, just with this, a lot of the latest speakers we have had on the show have come on and they're being built on Cosmos. When you hear something like that enough times and you see the amount of value that uh, these companies that are building on top of them are bringing, 
it, you can't ignore it. So this week I'm picking Cosmos. I think it is. It still has. A, it still hasn't gotten back to its all time high of around 44. I think December could be a magical month. So look out for Cosmos. Yeah, I I really like it. I I don't have to dive too much deeper into why I like it, but I think Cosmos has a lot of legs, not just for this market, but into the next. Um, so great pick there. Mine is going to be one that I never thought we'd be able to say got into the top 100. <laughs> um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. ENS, the Ethereum name service, uh, this is their governance token. They launched two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago. Like, it feels stupid. It feels really stupid that I'm sitting here saying, like, my pick this week in the mid-cap is a coin that launched two weeks ago and is now in the top 100. Because you're, you have to question that and sit here and say, okay, then where the hell are you going to find upside, Steve? You're not going to find upside. It's already run. I don't think it has. Reason is, according to the TA, it just formed a cup and handle. Like a really strong cup and handle. Like if you were to literally go into your kitchen and get a cup that had a handle, the chart would look like that. That is one of the one of the chart formations that I trust the most. And frankly, if my math worked out right, I kind of see a price target of 115. I think we're trading it right around $70 right now. Wow. So if you're looking for upside, do some research into ENS or just go secure yourself an ENS domain because frankly, by doing that, you're going to want to dive deeper into the protocol and you're going to force yourself to do research by owning property. That's my take on ENS. I could go on for days about it. But Richard, let's move into the DJN Casino where we have the most fun here in making massive returns. What is your DJN Casino pick this week? My DJN Casino this week is DAG. So DAG has, we had them on the show and what they're working on is really, really cool. They're, they're, all about security. They're, they have a government contract uh, with the Department of Defense. So um, a lot of their protocols and what they have going, also the, the DAG community, man, they are strong and they're fierce. And a couple of things. One, I think this is another one that just has way more upside than a lot of people give it credit for. Um, I think it's not on like everyone's radar just yet, but it eventually will be. Also, Going through some technical analysis, just like you said about the cup and handle. It has a nice little cup and handle forming around the one month. And um, it's been finding some support between, you know, 20 and 18 cents. And I think it has a good opportunity to get back up to where near all-time highs was around 30 cents. So that could be a quick little flip right there. So um, Constellation, DAG, check it out. It's really crazy to me that DAG is still outside of the top 300. And that, that's not like a dig against it or anything. They have a contract with the DOD. And they have network effect. Like, their community is insane. I mean, everything adds up that DAG will be a great long-term play. Um, but frankly, I personally want to do more research into other projects that have secured DOD projects because I have to imagine that list is very, very short. Um, so we gotta we gotta be thinking about that one long term too, because government contracts typically are pretty lucrative. Let's just say that. My DJ and Casino pick this week is going to be Sunday Swap. So Steve, why are we picking food? I mean, I like delicious gains, don't you? The truth is, Sunday Swap is not a coin that is yet on market. I'm bringing it to your attention because I personally believe that this is going to be the decks of choice on Cardano. We are right now, I believe, on the cusp of Sunday Swap's launch. And when they do, the entire Cardano ecosystem takes a massive jump forward because it enables everybody to start using it. They are using a very specific mechanism for um, getting their tokens out into the world. They're not airdropping. They're not doing an IDO or an IEO or an IPO or an ICO, none of that. They decided to take a new novel route, and that is called an ISPO, an initial stake pool offering. That means that if you go onto the Daedalus network within Cardano and you stake your Cardano with the Sunday Swap protocol, 
you will get a proportional amount of Sunday Swap basically dropped into your wallet for having staked using their protocol. Sunday Swap, from every single technical point of view on the fundamentals, it checks out. And I will tell you that there are tons of analysts out there that are saying that from a like internal technical standpoint, it is the most well-built exchange that they've ever reviewed. When those things come together, folks, like to me, I see a massive opportunity. Do I think it's going to pump in the next week? No, because it's not available yet. But thanks to us, now you know about it. So go stake your Cardano with the Sunday Swap Stake Pool and get yourself a cut of that ice cream, you know? So look, that's what we got this week on Blockchain Bets. Let's recap it for you. Break it down for us, Richard. First, we got Algorand. Steve got Ripple for their blue chips, our mid caps, our Cosmos, Atom, and ENS, Ethereum name service for Steve. And then the DJ Casino, we have Constellation DAG, and we have Sunday Swap Sunday. So that will wrap it up for our blockchain bets. But before we go, we do like to throw in a little bit of NFT alpha for you every single week on blockchain bets, despite us not having it on screen for our YouTube fans. Um, I want to pitch it out there to you off the top of the dome. Rich, do you have an NFT pick this week? I don't know if I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Gambling apes. We talked about it last week. Uh, people like gambling. They all like it a whole lot. And the fact that you're going to be able to go to both in-person events and also be able to do it in the metaverse virtually, um, it's it's solid. And if you look at the floor, it's been freaking rising and rising and rising over the last several weeks. Gambling apes, check it out. I believe the floor on that is right now right around one Ethereum. So for some people that may not be seen as um, attainable or that they want to spend that much right now. So let's play on both sides of the one ETH game for just one moment more. I'm going to give you a pick below it and above it. My pick below it right now is the Littles. So if you go up on OpenSea, search the Littles NFT. Um, it is a really cute little um, pixel project that was released and backed by three of the biggest projects out there right now. You have the likes of Kaiju Kings, Supducks, and yes, the Cyberkongs. CyberKongs are one of the most valuable projects in the NFT world right now, and they have a ton of influence behind them. All three of these projects will directly benefit if the Littles succeeds. I would be willing to bet that they're going to want it to succeed, and they're going to move heaven and earth to make it a successful project. So I would be looking at them under an ETH, but over an ETH, I think that the coolest project out there right now that launched yesterday and today because they ran into a technical hiccup is Clone X from Artifact. These guys have been in the NFT game for a hot minute now, have some of the most valuable assets out there consistently above like 5 ETH floor. They just sold out right around 2 ETH today from Dutch auction and then a, and then a fixed price auction. So 20,000 of these NFTs are out there. I would have to imagine that the prices are going to dip just a little bit so if you want to get into something that's going to be higher value, I would look at Clone X by Artifact. That's going to wrap it up for Blockchain Bets this week, Rich. Let's go ahead and close things out with a little bit of what people need to watch for. What to watch for. So this week, um, the big things that are coming from us over here at CryptoCurrent include... Oh, wait a sec. Why is my screen still up? Okay, now we're good. The things that are coming up from us this week include a great episode that you did yesterday with Brett King on the rise of techno-socialism. But later on this week on Friday, you're sitting down with Julian Rodriguez to talk about owning the moments that matter with Memento NFTs. You want to give a little bit of a tease to the audience on what both of those interviews brought? Yeah, so the one that's coming up this Thursday, Memento, it's a really cool uh, social platform that's coming out where you can find these like really cool moments and you can buy them and own them as an NFT. So for example, if LeBron James came out and did one of his uh, spectacular Taco Tuesday moments, and you're like, wow, that was really awesome. I want to own that. You will now have the opportunity to do that. So for both uh, a, a super fan, being able to get those events and also as an influencer, being able to have moments that your fans would be able to purchase, sounds uh, pretty cool. 
Um, and then for uh, yesterday's episode, um, man, the speaker came on and had a, man, we had a really good conversation. And sorry, I need to go back and pull that up real quick. Just with Brett, he talked about the future, man. He has a book that just launched. I recommend everyone going and checking it out. And he's talking about how we're able to, in the future, slash like how do we start fixing some of the larger problems that we have between um, both uh, democracy, capitalism, uh, socialism, everything else, and how do you create the ultimate society that allows for um, a society that we all can thrive. It was honestly a very refreshing and very intelligent conversation that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I even went back and listened to it again just because it was so much fun, but highly recommend checking that one out. Awesome. Well, look, guys, that's going to do it for us here at CryptoCurrent. This has been another edition of CryptoCurrent Live. Do us a favor. Tomorrow morning, come back on the YouTube channel. We got another great episode of Crypto Basics with Chris K, where he'll be taking you through breaking down Solana. So let's all come back, keep educating ourselves, helping each other get educated while we're on the way to a massive, massive end of the year. Um, Richard, any closing thoughts you'd like to leave our friends with? Just make sure you keep educating yourself. Make sure that you are leaving us some good feedback. If you're enjoying what we're doing, if you don't, tell us that too. We'll make sure to get back to you. Um, and I hope you're enjoying the content. And of course, as always, stay cryptocurrent. We'll see you guys next time.